Hello, and welcome to this episode of Criminal Mischief, the Art and Science of Crime Fiction. I'm your host, D.P. Lyle. Today I want to talk about carbon monoxide poisoning because several cases have cropped up lately that underlies, underlines uh, this problem, and it is a significant problem. Over 400 people die each year in the United States of carbon monoxide poisoning. And as you will see with um, boating season coming on us uh, with summer, uh, it creates a deadly scenario. And a case in point is recently a, a young lady, uh, Allison Sedlowski, um, very nice girl, apparently good grades, great athlete. She was at the University of Cincinnati, uh, was a soccer player there, and apparently went out boating. And while hanging around on the diving platform, a swimming platform at the back of the boat, she succumbed to carbon monoxide poisoning and drowned. How does this happen? Similarly, uh, three people, two men and a boy, went out fishing or boating on uh, Lake Erie. And they all succumbed to carbon monoxide poisoning while in the boat. How does that happen? Um, also, back in February, when uh, the storms and cold weather and all that hit Houston, Texas, a family used the car to heat the house by turning it on in the garage and letting the heat seep through. Well, unfortunately, carbon monoxide came through also, and it killed two members of the family. How does that happen? Well, let's talk a little bit about deadly gases. You know, they come in a lot of different types and mechanisms of action. Um, some are poisonous gases like cyanide, and cyanide's deadly very quickly. Hydrogen cyanide gas will combine uh, with the cytochromes inside the cells, and these are little organelles in the cells that produce energy and allow the cell to carry out all its functions. Well, they basically poison the cell's ability to use oxygen. And so the net effect is as if all the oxygen was suddenly sucked out of the body and the person dies uh, from asphyxia. And we call this cyanide poisoning. Uh, in the gas chamber, the hydrogen cyanide is, was what was used for many years. Okay, but that's not what we're talking about here. Other gases are suffocating gases. And these are things like carbon dioxide. Uh, carbon dioxide is the normal um, product of, of a metabolism in our body. We take in oxygen and we exhale carbon dioxide. Everybody knows that. And the hemoglobin in the blood binds the oxygen that comes in through the lungs, is carried to the body where it is offloaded to the cells for them to use to do all their stuff, and the cells dump carbon dioxide back onto the hemoglobin, which takes it back to the lungs, and it's released and is exhaled into the environment. Okay, fine. But if you get locked in a refrigerator, or are in a cave, or in the trunk of a car, or have a plastic bag put over your head, what happens? Well, the carbon dioxide that is exhaled builds up in the immediate environment, so now each breath that the person takes is richer and richer and richer and richer in carbon dioxide. And you end up suffocating because the oxygen content falls low. And that's, the, that's what happens with suffocating gases. 
basically room air at sea level is about 21% oxygen. As you go to higher altitude, that tends to drop. And that's why when you go skiing the first couple of days, you get headaches, you get fatigue, you get a little short of breath. It's also why Olympic athletes train at altitude in places like Denver and Tahoe. Because there's less oxygen, they build more hemoglobin, they become more fit. And when they come back down to sea level, they have extra hemoglobin to carry oxygen. That's normal. Um, but if you get into an environment where carbon dioxide is building up, well, then the percentage of the air that is breathed, the carbon dioxide goes up. And since it's got to add up to 100%, something falls. Well, that's oxygen. And so the oxygen level drops, and it, as it gets lower and lower, you end up in such a situation that there's not enough oxygen to stay alive, and you die. This is why they tell you to put your mask on on an airplane if it decompresses first, because the oxygen level in your blood can drop very quickly. With carbon monoxide accumulation, it drops for another reason. It's not from lack of oxygen. It's from replacement of the oxygen. So each breath has less oxygen in it. The same happens with natural gas, uh, of which methane is a, a, a major component. So methane gas and natural gas that's in your house. Now, normally this is colorless and odorless. You can't smell it. So they add something to make natural gas have that natural gas smell so the person will know, hey, something's not right here. We may have a gas leak. All right, now, obviously, natural gas can explode, and that's happened, but it can also kill you because of natural gas leak. Again, natural gas does not really have a chemical reaction, but it replaces oxygen. So in the environment, as the natural gas or methane level rises, the oxygen percentage drops, and you find families dead in their home because of a faulty heater, because of a natural gas leak, etc. cetera. Uh, another thing is uh, sewer gas. Sewer gas has hydrogen sulfide. Now, it behaves a little more like carbon monoxide that we're going to talk about in a minute. Sewer gas is in low-lying areas. It's found in tunnels and in sewers, of course. That's where it got the name. It uh, comes from the breakdown products and decay and toxins and stuff, and it produces uh, a chemical called hydrogen, uh, hydrogen sulfide. And that gets into the air, and it can become a gas that is poisonous. And what happens is the hemoglobin in the blood, if it's got a choice between oxygen and hydrogen sulfide, it will take the hydrogen sulfide a little more strongly. And so therefore it starts replacing the hemoglobin oxygen with this other molecule and the net effect out in the cells is less oxygen is delivered and more of this unusable, unneeded, and unnecessary hydrogen sulfide and the person dies from asphyxia. This is how carbon monoxide works. Carbon monoxide binds with hemoglobin. And what it does is it produces a different compound. It's not oxyhemoglobin anymore. It doesn't have oxygen on it. And so the more of the, your hemoglobin that combines with carbon monoxide, the less that will combine with oxygen. And therefore, the delivery of oxygen out to the cells begins to drop. Okay, all's well and good. What makes 
carbon monoxide so dangerous is that, again, it's odorless, it's tasteless, it's invisible, it's there. It comes from incomplete combustion. Complete combustion of something containing carbon, whether that's a petrochemical or a log or newspaper or whatever you're burning, complete combustion leads to carbon dioxide. But incomplete combustion, which happens when there's not enough oxygen around or various temperature changes, but it doesn't burn completely and therefore it only adds one oxygen instead of two and you end up with carbon monoxide. Mono means one, di means two. So you end up with carbon monoxide. Okay, this happens when you get a faulty heater. It happens when you try to heat your house with a uh, barbecue grill. It happens when you inhale the exhaust from a car or a boat because there's a lot of incomplete combustion going on in both of those circumstances, in all of those circumstances. What makes it so deadly is that Carbon monoxide has a 300 times greater affinity for hemoglobin as it does oxygen. Think about that. What that means is that given a choice, when hemoglobin flows by in the lungs and there is both carbon monoxide and oxygen available in the little air sacs, it will, with 300 times more like likelihood, combine with the carbon monoxide. And this means that the delivery of oxygen drops rapidly and drops quickly because the preference of the hemoglobin is to combine with carbon monoxide. What this also means is very low levels of carbon monoxide in the environment can cause death. So I said oxygen was about 21%. Carbon monoxide levels as low as 0.2%, less than 1%, can lead to deadly concentrations of carbon, carbon monoxide in 30 to 40 minutes. You won't know it. It just sneaks up on you. And this is what happens in boats and dive platforms and things like that. So... The guys on the boat, the engine was idling. They were either sitting and bobbing in the water, maybe fishing, whatever. Uh, the story did, that I read didn't go into all that. Or they were moving at a slow pace, and the engine's rumbling underneath, and the exhaust is toward the rear, so back on the stern of the boat beneath the deck. Carbon monoxide is building up. It seeps through the cracks. They're sitting back there having fun, and the next thing you know, they all pass out and die. The, girl, the young lady who died on the dive platform on the back of the boat, the exhaust from the boat engine is back there. Uh, you know, you, if you've been water skiing or you've been fishing, you know that, that boats smell, you know, when they burn their gas, power boats. And dive platforms is notorious for that also. People who loiter near the rear of the boat where the exhaust is, they say, well, it smells like exhaust. So what? You know, I, I, no big deal. I smell it all the time. But the carbon monoxide there can, can enter the bloodstream and attach to the hemoglobin and replace the oxygen. And the next thing you know, the carbon monoxide uh, hemoglobin compound increases dramatically and the oxygen hemoglobin compound, the one needed for life, drops. As a matter of fact, you can determine what symptoms are likely to occur 
depending upon the carbon monoxide level in the blood. Normal level is about 1 to 3% because there's carbon monoxide in the environment, and we all walk around with that. Smokers, it can be a little higher. It can go to 7, 8, 9, 10% because they inhale carbon monoxide all the time because the cigarettes don't burn completely. They create carbon monoxide. But still, 10% or less. When the levels reach 10 to 20%, this is the carbon, carbon monoxide level in the blood. When it reaches 10 or 20%, the person starts getting headaches. And they can't concentrate well, and they can't balance their checkbook or perform you know, complex tasks. In other words, they get a little dingy, and they feel badly. Okay. Then it raises on up, maybe 30 40%. Now the headache becomes very severe. They can become nauseated and even begin vomiting. They can get dizzy and faint. They can get very lethargic. And, of course, their judgment is impaired, and their heart rate and breathing rate increases. Why? Because the heart and lungs are trying to pump more oxygen into the system because the cells out in the body are in trouble, and they're sending signals, hey, crank up the engine a little. We need some help out here. When it gets up to 40 to 60%, then the person can become extremely confused, disoriented, weak, dizzy, faint. Uh, they have poor coordination. They may stagger. They may not be able to stand straight. They may have to crawl around. So, you know, obviously now things are severely in trouble. And this is all due to low oxygen going to the brain. When it gives, gets above 60%, then coma and death come. Because there's not enough oxygen delivered to the brain and the cells of the body to keep them alive, and things start dying. In elderly people or those with you know, heart or lung disease or other, other problems, actually a, a, a carbon monoxide level as low as 20, 25, 30% can be lethal. Now, people who kill themselves with car exhaust, and you know, you know what I'm talking about, they get in the garage, turn on the engine, and sit there. Uh, are people who die in house fires. The, the carbon, carbon monoxide levels can reach 80-90%. So obviously that's a very deadly situation. Um, in the case in Houston that I talked about of heating the house uh, with the car, that's, that's a classic uh, example, a classic mistake. <clears throat> and it happens. People who use charcoal grills to do the same thing, it happens. You can literally be out in the backyard <clears throat> sitting around a car charcoal grill that's not working well, and you can get carbon monoxide poisoning, just as you can loitering on the back of the boat or sitting in the stern of a boat when the engine's idling. And, of course, if you turn your car on while you're in, a, in an enclosed space, you know, you're asking for trouble. But a lot of people use that as a method of suicide. Carbon monoxide is that deadly. Um, let's talk about... A corpse found in a fire. And this could be good for your story. So someone commits a murder and they decide that they're going to cover it up and make it look like the person died in a house fire. So they, you know, strangle the person, smother the person, whatever they're going to do to the person. And then they set the house on fire and thinking, okay, that'll burn up the corpse. Uh, they'll never figure out what this person died from and I'm good to go. I got away with this. Well, not so fast. If the person is still alive while the fire is raging, 
Remember, the fire is producing a lot of toxic substances, you know, when things like upholstery and plastics and and uh, woods and, and varnishes and carpeting and drapes and all this stuff start burning, a lot of toxic stuff. But one of the things that produces is carbon monoxide. If the individual is alive while the fire is raging, they will inhale that and the carbon monoxide level in their blood will go very high. As I said earlier, it could be 90%. So the medical examiner can check the carbon monoxide level and say, yes, this person had a very high carbon monoxide level in the blood, and yes, death was probably due to that. But what if the person's already dead and they're using it as a head fake? The killer is trying to make it look like they died in the fire when actually they were dead before the fire started. There wouldn't be any carbon monoxide in the blood above the normal level. As I said, up to 3% for a normal person and maybe as high as 10% for a, a smoker. Well, it's certainly not going to be 90%. So the medical examiner can then use the carbon monoxide level to determine if the person was alive while the fire was burning. That can change the entire scenario. That can change everything uh, as far as the investigation, because now you're looking for a homicide and not an accidental fire. Same thing can happen in car fires and other things like that, but structure fires are, are the most likely. So the bottom line in all of this is that carbon monoxide is so deadly because it loves hemoglobin, and it loves hemoglobin 300 times greater than oxygen, which is the engine that keeps us alive. And that these levels can be determined uh, by drawing blood or taking blood at, at autopsy from the heart or wherever the, the medical examiner decides to take the blood uh, and testing it. And they can check the, the, the uh, carbon dioxide level, the carbon monoxide level, and determine if it was a contributing factor or perhaps the cause of death or played no role at all depending upon the level. The other thing is that carbon monoxide, when it combines with hemoglobin, it turns it a very bright red. The blood, the internal organs all become very bright red. It's, interestingly, people who freeze to death can, uh, can also have uh, brighter red blood because they still got a lot of oxygen in the blood when, when everything stops. And it's not like they died from asphyxia where everything, the oxygen's consumed and the blood gets darker. And with cyanide, because when cyanide uh, attaches to the blood, the red blood cells, it also creates a bright cherry red color. So the skin and the internal organs can appear reddish and pinkish in nature. Also, the lividity. You know, when someone dies and the blood starts circulating, it starts settling as gravity would dictate toward the dependent areas. So that is the areas closest to the ground. If someone's laying on their back, it's along the back of the body. If they're laying prone, it's along the front of the body. You know, if they're hanging, it's down in their legs. But that's where the lividity, the settling of the blood, discolors the skin. And under normal circumstances, that takes on a bluish, grayish, blackish tinge. Uh, but with cyanide and with carbon monoxide, it, it will be pinkish in color very often. So this is often a clue to the medical examiner to check for that.
So let's say that your your hero, your sleuth, uh, is involved in a case where a body was found dumped along the side of the road, and when they do the autopsy, the medical examiner says, hmm, look at this. The lividity is kind of pinkish looking, and look at the blood and the organs. They're bright red. They're, they're much redder than they should be. Well, I better check for cyanide and carbon monoxide because it could be that the killer put the person in the trunk of a car and turned the engine on and let them die of carbon monoxide poisoning and then took them out and dumped them along the side of the road so it would look like, well, they fell dead or they got hit by a car or whatever, but thinking that no one's going to understand the, the cause of death. Well, if the medical examiner sees these autopsy changes in the coloration, color, coloration of everything and then test for cyanide and carbon monoxide, he may find what the real problem was. So carbon, uh, carbon monoxide, this is all discussed in, in my book, Forensics for Dummies, and on the show notes I will have uh, the section on carbon monoxide from Forensics for Dummies uh, on the show notes uh, on both uh, my website and my blog. So you can go there and read about it, or you can pick up a copy of the book, uh, either the either uh, Forensics for Dummies or How Done It Forensics, and read a whole lot more about all these various gases because there are many, many more uh, that are toxic gases, and your killer can use them. Um, and then on the cautionary side, if you're going to go boating and if you're going to do stuff, pay attention. Don't hang around the back of the boat. Don't, you know, in, inhale and smell those exhaust fumes because they build up quickly. They build up without you knowing it. And it takes only a very tiny amount, as I said, as little as 0.2% of carbon monoxide in the environment to to load enough into your hemoglobin to drop your oxygen delivery and put you in a coma and kill you. So use common sense. So until next time, this has been D.P. Lyle, and this is Criminal Mischief, the Art and Science of Crime Fiction. This podcast, like all of them, is, of course, uh, copyrighted and the property of authors on the air. Until next time, have a good day.